This is Michelle Richardson, and welcome to Sales Performance Radio. This is episode two of our Five Types of Sellers podcast series. Welcome back to our five-part series. This is episode two with Drea Douglas and Tony Smith talking about the five types of sellers. So today we're going to talk about the second type of seller, which we call the buddy seller. Tony, tell us a little bit about your favorite, the buddy seller. Yeah. Hi, Drea. So I'm Tony Smith, the director of sales strategy consulting here at the Brooks Group. And the buddy seller is a seller that is really focused on relationships and friendships. And I get a chance to do training all the time with various sales organizations. And we see a lot of buddy sellers. I would say almost 35% of the organization is hardwired to be a buddy seller. And the reason for that is because they started out their sales career and they could rely on relationships and friendships for success. Mm -hmm. But in today's marketplace, where buyers have tons of information at their fingertips, they can research everything that they want on their phone. The relationship, while those matter, just being a friend does not bring value because five other competitors are doing the same thing. And that's what we have to really work with is helping people learn that the style of selling that worked 15 years ago no longer works in today's marketplace. Right. Well, it can work, but in sprinkles, not as your entire strategy. (laughs) Well, an example would be you're selling to a customer and you say, well, they're my friend. I've got a great relationship. But they're only giving you 10% of the business and competitors are getting 90% of the business. So yes, you've got some business, but you're not getting all the business. Yep. All right. Well, tell us about the common characteristics of this type of seller. I'd love to hear, you know, what, how do they come across? How can you spot them? Well, they're very friendly. They're charming. They oftentimes can talk a great game. They love to talk, actually. They're good at relationships. They're good at introducing themselves. Um... But it's surface level sometimes. Mm -hmm. They don't go deeper. They don't seek to understand their customers. They don't seek to understand how they can take knowledge that they have and create value by combining that knowledge with something that's going to be of value to their customer. And I'll give you an example. I was riding with um, a particular seller one day, and here's how the day went. We go to meet a customer of this particular seller, and we spent the first 30 minutes talking about Anything but business, Mm. right? It was all kinds of friendly chit-chat, talking about some sports games, uh, local sports team. Uh, But we spent over an hour and a half. And as I was sitting there just observing, I didn't see anything of value that was being brought to that particular customer. But hey, it was a great friendship. Then we went to lunch. And after an hour and 20 minutes of lunch, which again, no real business or substance was talked about, we came back. And spend another 25 minutes before we left. So that was quite a bit of time where it was not being an effective use of time. No value was brought, but hey, we had a good conversation. We hung out. We had a good time. Yeah, a good friendship. (laughs) (laughs) The buddy seller thinks that's time well spent, right? Yeah. In in fact, the buddy seller tends to consistently go back to the same people over and over who may not even be giving them a lot of business, but hey, they like me. Because one of the biggest fears of this type is they, they, they want to avoid conflict. They want everybody to like them and love mm-hmm. them. And they feel that these friendly interactions, hey, I'm, I, they may be busy, but it's not 
quality activity that's going to drive results. It's reaffirming me and what I need as opposed to, and that's not going to, that's on a subconscious level. We're getting on the couch here a little bit, but it's truly what is at the core of these types is they need, they have that approval seeking tendency of love me, like me, tell me I'm good. And as long as that's being fed by the customer, by their manager, by their coworkers, they're happy regardless of results. Yeah, and, and, and the challenge really here is that getting them out of the habit of just relying on friendships and relationships. And again, there's something to be said for valuable, meaningful relationships. What we want to avoid is being the visitor mm-hmm. who turns into a nuisance right. because we're not bringing any value yeah. to that interaction. And one of the questions a manager should ask sellers is, why is this meeting going to be a value to the customer? Mm-hmm. If they can't answer that and their response is because I'm building the relationship, mm-hmm. then they may not be bringing that much value to the meeting. There should be an objective for the meeting. There should be an agenda. They should have good questions that they're going to ask to help them meet their objectives. And this is where a good, solid, structured sales process helps this type of seller especially if it's being coached to and they're being objectively graded on that process because Mm -hmm. many of them can do these other things because they're still naturally very good at interacting with people. They just need a process and a structure. Right. So they can be coached for sure away from thinking bringing donuts is a good strategy to bringing an agenda is a good strategy. Funny that you said Maybe donuts. Maybe bring both. Funny that you said donuts, Drea, because <laughs> I just heard not that long ago, just a few months ago, in the classroom setting, a seller that's been selling for almost 25 years say, well, the way I open the doors is I bring in donuts, right? And was wondering why they had really not been growing in yeah. their territory in the past couple of years. Got a chance to speak to the manager and I said, their way of selling needs to change Mm -hmm. because donuts is not going to drive business anymore. Yep. That's a great example. Uh, All right. So we've already kind of touched base on this, but any other common challenges with this type of style? What do they do? What do they avoid in the sales process? Yeah. So a lot of times one of the challenges is, is they have difficulty slowing down and really listening to the customer. Mm -hmm. They like to chat. Mm -hmm. So they sometimes want to talk but they don't really take the time to understand their customer and understand what's going to be of interest, not only to the customer, but of value to them. They don't allow the customer to verbalize their pain points, their needs, so that they can connect the dots to build value for what they're offering. Because of that, they tend to struggle sometimes asking for the business or with the issue of price. And so they're quick sometimes to cut price because they don't believe even internally, that they've sold the value and they don't want to have that conflict, especially when the customer says, I need a better price. Mm -hmm. And the majority of customers are going to ask for a better price because if they don't ask, they can't receive. Right. Or even um, presenting a non-target solution, right? So in that presentation phase of the sales process, if they haven't really heard truly what the customer has expressed as what they want and need and are ready and willing to buy... They're going to be off target in their presentation and really significantly, drastically decrease the likelihood that they're going to close that business. Well, one of the biggest challenges is they show up, in many cases, not prepared for the meeting. 
They try to win people over. They wing it and try to win people over on their pleasing personality. So they don't take the time to do some pre-meeting prep work. Mm -hmm. They don't take the time to do the research that they need to do to show that they are prepared for that meeting. As a result, while certain customers may entertain them, those customers are thinking, you're just another seller who's maybe got a product to push, but you're not bringing value to this interaction, Mm -hmm. but they think they've got a great friendship. Mm -hmm. Many managers have heard sellers say this, Drea, you know we're going to get the business. They love us. (laughs) When are we going to get the business? Whoa, we'll get it this month. Mm -hmm. Then the month goes by and they don't get the business. Mm -hmm. So what does the seller say about next month? We'll get them next month. Mm -hmm. And yet they never get the business. But in their mind, we've got a great friendship, so we'll be getting the business. Yeah. Surely they'll buy from me. They like me. Yes. And we always say it's more important to be trusted than liked. Being liked is nice, but being trusted and being seen as a trusted advisor, positioning yourself as a valuable resource to this organization and what their strategic goals or their initiatives are in the moment to help them accomplish those things, making it about the customer, putting yourself in the customer's shoes, taking it out of your own shoes is so crucial. And the buddy type has their own particular way of staying in their own shoes a little bit. Well, the biggest challenge, and this is a key tip for managers, because it really is the manager's responsibility to make sure that there's a solid plan in place for how they're going to grow their business. And what oftentimes happens is because they get so comfortable with the people that like them, that's where they're spending all their time. But that doesn't mean that's the people that's going to grow their business. And Mm -hmm. maybe they're going to have to spend some time finding new potential customers. And maybe they're going to have to do a better job of not just relying on the relationship and the friendship, but actually doing the job of positioning themselves as an expert, a potential resource, and having the conversations that create value and the mind of potential customers. Absolutely. Not only that, but qualifying the buyers that they're spending their time with, right? So that they are, like you said, spending their time with the right buyers. And that's really hard, I think, especially for this type, especially because they want to emphasize the relationship um, and to add to that whether someone is valuable from a ROI perspective to a buddy type may just feel plain wrong. Well, one of the things that the buddy type has to overcome is they have to overcome the mindset that sales is all about relationships. Mm-hmm. They've got to understand that it's about bringing value today. If you aren't bringing value and it's just about the relationship, then you become commoditized. And what happens is you're just like every other seller. And when buyers or customers are interacting with sellers, they're not just comparing you to your competition. They're comparing you to every other type of seller they've ever dealt with. Mm -hmm. And if you come across as you're just like everybody else, then you may get the business but it's going to come down to a question of price because what's happened here, there's no real trust because the buyer doesn't perceive you understand them and their needs. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, so how about some coaching tips for sales Mm -hmm. managers who've got buddy sellers on their team currently and they, they produce fairly well. There may be a B player and they want to move them to an A player. Well, a lot of times they, they, uh, because of those relationships, they can be seen as this, you know, they're not 
overachieving, they're not underachieving, they're right at target. How do I get them to maximize their performance? Some key coaching tips for managers is you've got to go out there and observe these folks in action. Mm -hmm. you, and, and they're going to take you to their best accounts. They're going to take you to the people that really like them. So you got to make sure that you're going on calls where maybe it's not a great account for them. Maybe it's a challenging customer for them. The other thing is, is to make sure that they're using agendas, they have objectives, they're taking the time to prepare for their meetings and asking them this question. Again, how is this meeting going to be a value to the customer? Even more importantly, what are the what are the key things that your customer is trying to achieve and how do our products and solutions help them do that? Mm -hmm. If they can't clearly define it, they haven't taken the time to uncover the needs and wants of their customer. They're just trying to sell them on their friendship. Or showing up and throwing up. Have you, have you heard that? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they, sometimes they <laughs> love to talk, so they just overly talk. And sometimes they actually miss business because they just keep talking and they never take the time to ask. Absolutely. Or even really here, this type of buyer or seller uh, has a listening style where they listen. They actually don't. <laughs> I'm actually uh, kind of similar to this style in my <laughs> personality, so I, I can... Uh, I can understand. Oftentimes, people like this are thinking about what they're going to say next, as opposed to truly listening to the person across from them. And they have to be very self-aware of that mental noise and turn it off and be willing to just let the customer talk and take notes, ideally, uh, during the sales call. Yeah, and, and I think uh, it's really hard sometimes to really listen mm -hmm. and not be thinking about what you want to say next. And that's why we recommend take notes, make stars in your notes on key things that the customer verbalizes. In today's world where we talk about selling value, and a lot of people talk about, well, you got to sell the value. It's really hard to sell the value if you don't understand what's going to be a value to the customer. Right. They've got to verbalize it. Yes. You can't make assumptions. You got to get them to right. say it Absolutely. so that you can connect those dots. It's a really powerful point about assumptions. I think a lot of salespeople have goals and quotas. They're caught up in their own, you know, mental noise and they're trying to sell a certain thing because that's what's incentivized that month. Or, you know, there may be some spiff going on and you have to be willing to set that aside to hear what the customer is really saying. Yeah. And, and interesting enough, when we look at this type of seller, it's helping them move towards a selling approach that is not going to be seen as everybody else. It's going to position them as a resource so that they can mm -hmm. sell more value, get more business, and it's not just about the friendship. Now, how do you spot them sometimes in the interview process? Mm -hmm. Well, they're usually really good in the interview process because yes. they can talk. Professional interviewers, I call them. They're charming. We actually sometimes see this type go from one organization and then three years later, they'll go to the competitor. Three years later, they go to another competitor. Industry retread. Yeah, they, they just kind of keep retread. recycling through the industry. Um, but one thing that managers can do is ask them, what is your plan for growing your business? And a great technique is, if you're hiring them for a position and they're going through the interview process, have them develop a business plan for that territory or that position. Mm -hmm. So you can see how they're thinking. This type will tend to sometimes struggle because they're so used to just going out there and meeting, building friendships, 
but they don't necessarily have a plan for how sure. they're going to work walk the territory. Me, maybe even walk me through your sales process. That's and then drill question. down into a specific area. We, we always recommend in interview processes here at the Brooks Group that interview people who are interviewing, they don't just ask one question and leave it at that, but you go deeper, drill down, try to understand more because people will tell you on the surface what they think you want to hear. And so by drilling down, you can uncover a lot more. Yeah, and I think, I think in the interview process with this particular type, just kind of spot them uh, through the interview, you really got to dig into what is their process for selling? What's their philosophy on selling? Mm-hmm. How have they taken business from a competitor if they've been selling in the past, right? Because if they're brand new to sales, this is, is a different approach. But if they've sold in the past, they're coming to you and they claim they've had great success. Tell me about how you were able to take Achieve share from that. your competition because this type struggles doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I actually, this reminds me of a time I was speaking with a client and this is a client who had used our resources and, and things like that for a long time, but they were so wowed by this candidate in the hiring process. They were like, the, the candidate just knocked their socks off with their presentations. They did uh, group interviews. And the whole time you had one of these professional interviewers in our consulting with them, we told them there are flags in this profile that are likely to play out after you hire them. Here are the things you need to be aware of. Here are the interview questions we recommend you ask this candidate. But they they were willing to overlook those things this time because they were so impressive in the interview. That's what I mean when I talk about a professional interviewer. And sure enough, at a minimum six weeks, I think it was really only two weeks after they'd hired this person, all of the things that we had mentioned played out that their emotional intelligence in particular was not well developed and they were basically running over people. So for example, you know, you're new to an organization and you need to be asking for help to better understand the organization itself, kind of get your feet wet onboarding. This person had no patience for that. And when they, when a coworker would call them to try to explain something to them, they literally would hang up on them because they did not like to be in their view as be told what to do. So, so Dre, you're, you're mentioning something here, and, and, and again, there's different types of sellers out there, and oh, sometimes sellers are going to show tendencies of, of various types. So, they may, so it, sometimes they may be more buddy, sometimes they may service, uh, but you're mentioning the tool that we help clients uh, with, which is our Brooks Talent Index, which is an assessment tool, which gives us some objective-based data that goes beyond the interview process because it's about the person, right. how they communicate, what motivates them their clarity of thought for how they see the world and how they see themselves. And these are things you can't spot in the interview. You can oftentimes see their personality style, but you can't necessarily see what's beneath the surface. So always recommend to any organization, don't just base your decisions just on an interview alone. You need to be looking at past history, objective data, um, some sort of assessment, if possible, that gives you some objective data that goes beyond the interview. So there's some things managers can do to make sure they're hiring the right people. Again, a lot of folks in sales, every organization I've ever worked with has these types of buddy sellers. They can become much more effective, but it requires coaching, structure, and a sales process that they adhere to. Absolutely. 
Well, that's all the time we have for today, guys. We hope you enjoyed uh, learning more about the buddy type. We are sure you've seen it before and have struggled to have the tough conversations with these types because they are particularly likable. Thank you, Tony, for walking us through that today. And join us next time for the next in the series on the five types of sellers.